Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to America Meditating Radio. That was Lucinda Drayton from her CD, The Gentle Learn to Fly. Isn't that beautiful? It's about love. It's all about love. And we're looking at the world um, with two compelling stories, individuals who are awakened to love and individuals who are struggling to 
Awaken to Love. We've launched our awakening tour on the East Coast with our wonderful Rajyogi sister Shivani from India. And every venue that we have booked and organized has been sold out. I mean, thousands of people are attending these conversations on awakening. So when I observe that, it becomes crystal clear to me that we are moving closer towards the energy of love because as we witness an energy that's very prevailing where there's a lack of love, then some of us in the world, some of us in this global family have to take the helm and be the big sister or the big brother and show up to life because you don't want to spend your last moments thinking about who you hated the most or who you thought hated you the most or you don't want to spend those precious breaths before the last breath says it's time for the soul to leave the body about who you will never forgive and to take those experiences with you. We're learning a lot from our history We're learning a lot from the history of other people. And the mystics are telling us things along the way. They're giving us snippets, snippets of wisdom and insights. And we're grabbing it, sometimes in bits and pieces. But there's nothing more powerful than when it actually happens to you. And you begin to be the holder of the experience, no longer the holder of the theory. No one can convince you that what you felt wasn't true. Scientists have grappled with the concept of soul. They've grappled with the concept of if someone's um, on an operating table and they claim that they had a near-death experience and that they went up and they saw a dark tunnel and then they felt the light and then they felt so released and that they re-enter the consciousness of the body. Scientists say, well, on the anesthesia, a lot of things can happen. But I, we can't say that we have any proof or nor, and nor does it really matter. But yet, after surgery, and if it's a life-threatening illness, they'll always tell the family members, well, it's all in their hands. It depends on their faith, and it depends on the will of the Spirit. So there are a lot of contradictories, um, contradictions. I think that something inside of the being, something in the soul knows what's happening. The soul knows that it is an imperishable, eternal, unlimited energy. And that's why... Life is just never enough for any of us. Perhaps the only um, shift that we can make is to move the energy from trying to be um, accumulators of material possessions and redirect the energy to being possessors of love and wisdom and truth and joy so that we can really live a life that is full and complete for us, truthful, powerful, You're not going to want to miss my conversation today with the amazing Anita Morjani. So stay tuned. And right after this meditation, Anita and I will talk about her life and the experiences that she's had. And just have a heart-to-heart conversation. So here is Knowing Myself, meditation CD. And the track is called Inner Light by Sister Genti. Take a deep breath. Inner Light. Taking just a minute, I relax my body and become aware of my inner light. I visualize each one of my thoughts weaving itself into this light. I draw from my heart the power of inner peace and the light of love. My thoughts are filled with compassion and forgiveness, patience and tolerance. Mm -hmm. Welcome back. I was in a light from Knowing Myself Meditation CD by Sister Genti Karpalani. Today we're proud to welcome Anita Morjani. Anita has come, I mean, her her journey just opened up after a very profound experience, which we're going to talk about. 
But Anita is now an international speaker and author of New York Times bestseller, Dying to Be Me, and her latest book, What If This Is Heaven, is a woman with a remarkable story. World-renowned for her near-death experience and miraculous recovery, Anita spreads the powerful message of embodying love in a fear-based world. After a four-year battle with cancer, Anita fell into a coma and was given days to live. As her doctors gathered to revive her, she journeyed into a near-death experience where she was surrounded by unconditional love and deep wisdom. In this place, she was given a powerful truth. Heaven is not a destination. It is a state of being. Anita's near-death experience has captured the hearts and attention of millions across the globe. She's been featured on Dr. Oz, Fox News, CNN, you name it. Today, Anita continues to share her incredible story and lessons internationally. Dying to be Me has sold millions of copies worldwide, and it has been translated into 45 languages, has been even optioned by Hollywood producer Ridley Scott to be made into a full-length feature film. Today, I'm honored to welcome our sweet sister, Anita Murjani, to America Meditating. Om Shanti, and welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. Oh, wow. It's amazing how we go through these situations in our lives, right? And the unfolding that happens when you weren't even planning it. Like how (laughs) How much has life changed for you since, your NDE. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I would say there's almost no part of my life that is recognizable or my old life. It's, it's, like, it's like I'm a different person leading a life that I never imagined or dreamed at that point that I would be living. It was not even on my radar. So even if even if back then someone had said to me, visualize your dreams and, um, you know, and that your thoughts create your reality, so I want you to think about how you would be living, this wouldn't even have been on my radar. So this is why I don't tell people visualize your dreams or your future. I tell them to open up to every possibility because it could be something that you can't even imagine. But the interesting thing, it is perfect for me because I love it. So mm. so the thing is to allow what you love to come through, but it may mm. not even be something that you're aware exists at this time. You know, Dr. Dyer has left us with a very beautiful mm-hmm. quote. Don't die with your song inside of you. Yes. Remember that? Yes. And absolutely. after your near-death experience, a book emerged from you called Dying to Be Me. Yes, what it almost was, wrote itself. Yes. That's Sorry. what I was thinking. Like, no, that's okay. Like, when that pen went on paper, can you remember what was flowing out of you at that time? Yes, it was just a passion, a desire to just get out of me. You know, and it wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking of the people who would read it. I wasn't writing for the audience. I was Mm -hmm. writing for myself. It was very cathartic. It was very releasing because I didn't quite understand what had happened. And I was struggling with trying to fit back into this world because it's like when you have an experience that's too big to fit into the world that you're living in. The world felt small. It felt petty. It felt different. I I was having a hard time adjusting back into physical life. And I found that I was in inside myself, inside my head or in my heart all the time. And it was my husband that said... Um, He said, why don't you just write? Get it out of your system. You might find Mm. it helps. And so that's what I did. And I actually, I wrote it, basically, um, I typed it out on on a computer. So I sat in front of the screen, and I just typed and typed and typed. And it just came out of me. Everything I felt on the other side, everything I experienced, even the journey through the illness, what was going through my mind through the illness, what mm-hmm. I learned about the illness on the other side, how it felt to just heal. It was like literally an entire book just poured out of me. And it mm-hmm. felt 
it felt cathartic. And I didn't hold back anything. I didn't hold back any emotions or anything because I hadn't intended for anyone else to read it. Hmm. And I think that's the best way to write a book is is write it for yourself first. <laughs> I'd like to agree with you on that because, and it's funny that you mentioned that, I've been telling Antonia, our producer, how much I'm observing that I wish for things to just happen naturally. You sometimes get into this age where individuals who are experts, you know, they can manipulate now the... Um, the world of uh, marketing and all of these things. And even when it touches your spirit, you can feel something's not right. Look, if my life, the way that I'm living it, isn't of interest to anyone, then that just needs to be fine with me. It's okay. For me, it's okay. But then for your narrative and your story to really begin to be of interest to the lives of others, then I'm like, okay, I'm in. I'm, I'm good. I I, want to be a part of that. So I've not had a near-death experience, but I have practiced Raj Yoga meditation, and I've had experiences where I've been able to tap into a deeper level of consciousness which moves away from the attachments to my story. And then I have experienced the subtle dimension of me being in a state of an embodied um, state of really feeling good. And then I've felt beyond that a complete disconnect from the narrative and completely um, filled, like just filled with God's love just flowing through me. Now, I have a conscious practice of that. In my earlier spiritual path, much, much easier than it is today. I wouldn't say it's difficult now. It's just that it's you're so used to it, you're not even thinking if you're making an effort. Yes. Can you share with our listeners, Anita, what was that like? Because I think it's important for us to be reminded of a way that we should be living for our lives. Okay, so um, so what it was like, for example, what it was like in the other realm um, was a realization, and uh, you know, and, and this is something for a, it's going to be a little bit contra, um, controversial, or should I say, provocative? What I'm about to say, what I mm. realized in the other realm was that everything that feels freeing like truly freeing is truth everything that feels restricting is not truth it's us um, denying who we are so this means that in actuality truth has no no rules there's no rules there's no shoulds there's nothing it's just us totally being who we are. And the reason why I say it's provocative is because you think about when we have children, the first thing we do is we teach them all the rules and we put them through schools and then they learn all the rules. And then even when they learn religion, they learn religious doctrine and religious dogma and they learn to pray and they learn the whatever the religious scriptures and the texts of whatever mm-hmm. religion they are, it doesn't matter. But in actuality, All of that is taking them away from truth. Truth can only be felt with the heart. It can only be felt with the heart. And it can only be known from this deeper place. And when I experienced that, when I was in that other realm during the near-death experience state, I realized that that is what is truth. And when we're here, the truth the true heaven, our true home, our true connection with our heart gets conditioned out of us as we navigate through life. And it's not anyone's fault because those people who are conditioning it out of us have had it conditioned out of them. These are our teachers, our parents, our leaders, our government. They've had it conditioned out of them. And if Mm. everybody truly knew who they were, if they truly connected to that place of what truth really is, not what it tells you in the scriptures, not what you learn at school, not even what you learn at church or the temples, um, if you can truly connect to the truth from the inside, then we would have no wars and no separation. Because what, 
what is happening with us is that we're taking in information from the outside in. We're ignoring what's inside of us. We're so obsessed with what's happening in the outside world, we're reacting to what's outside. What I learned when I was in the other realm, the truth is on the inside, and we're supposed to live from the inside out. Not Mm. react to the outside world, but bring what's inside to the outside world. So in other words, we have to live inside out instead of outside in. Mm. Mm. Very true. Now, steps that we can do that, because not every one of us are going to have a near-death experience to get there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so like, okay, let's just say, for example, um, I mean, Washington is such a unique town. I don't know how much you've ever experienced it. Um, it is a town that is driven by policies, power, position, who is who, who moves things. And here we are with our meditation museums and our little radio show, and it, it communicates to people. However, to sustain it, it's not easy. So let's just say, like, how do we even start to even work more from inside out? Okay, so first of all, I would observe what's making me feel fearful. Fear and restriction are are pretty similar. Love is expansion. Fear is restriction. And Mm -hmm. so if, for example, watching the news every day is making you feel fearful of what's happening in the world outside, then you have to restrict how much you watch the news, like... Um, I I would almost say stop watching it altogether, which is something I've done. I've stopped watching it. And every now and then I check in on the international news, and even then only once a week, just to see what's going on all over the world. I'm really not interested what the local Americans think of their uh, of the current um, political situation mm-hmm. and the president. And I say that not with disrespect, with complete respect, but it's just that um, people are glued to the local news every single day. But the local news are creating news for ratings. And so mm-hmm. they're feeding the people stuff that is what they think that people will get addicted to. And it and it's a lot of it is very vitriolic it's very fearful it's not healthy and it's not actually news it's not going to affect the world or your life in a in a long term way but if you just do maybe a global news once a week so that you know, okay, who are the leaders in the world today? What are they up to? What's going on in the world at large? Not, you know, what President Trump had for breakfast and who he was talking to. That doesn't interest me. That's kind of the, um, you know, that's how I'm kind of trying to put it into perspective here. Um, So what we're being fed on the local news every day is kind of the same old, same old, just every single day. Um, Mm -hmm. So, And this is only if you want to stay abreast with what's going on in the world. But to get back to my point, if the news is making you fearful, um, a lot of people are fearing the news, but they're still watching it. So if you switch it off, you go outside of your house and you take a walk in nature. You take a walk in nature and you make a commitment to spend at least two days, three days, four days without watching the news and start planning what is it that I actually want to do. I want to connect with nature. I want to meditate. I want to cook some nice, healthy food. And um, the other thing is cut down our time with social media. I also tell people to go on an information detox. So in other words, see if you can spend 24 hours, 48 hours um, of not taking information in from the outside world. What happens is that when we're constantly being fed information from the outside world, we're so filled up that our inner world, our inner connection to source can't communicate with us because there's no room. There's no room in our thoughts, in our minds to receive anything from the inside. But when we pause everything from the outside coming in, 
So you stop all your researching on the Internet. You stop checking Facebook or whatever, Instagram, every two minutes. We just stop, stop watching the news for a while. Even if we make the commitment for 48 hours, go out in nature, sit quietly, listen to music, or even connect with friends who who you feel good with, not friends who drain you, but people who, mm. uh, with whom you feel you can be yourself with. When you start mm. doing things like that, you start feeling guided. This is how I've committed to live my life ever since my near-death experience. Um, mm. I notice everything as to whether it makes me feel fearful or it makes me feel um, more loving and passionate. So the opposite of fear is love. So everything either makes you feel fear or love. And also it makes you feel either um, like you're contracting, like your heart is contracting, or it makes Mm. you feel like you're expanding. And Mm. that's the thing I do. I just ask myself, is this making me feel expansive or is it making me feel contracted, constricted? Mm. And I never knew to ask myself this. And up until the time I had cancer, I was living a life where everything was making me feel constricted, but I was a people pleaser. I felt I had to do it, that I had to please people. I had to be what other people wanted me to be. There were a lot of shoulds in my life. I should do this. I should be that. I should study this. I should read that. So now I don't. I don't do any shoulds. And you I could never do a shoulda. But you're talking yes. like it's heaven now because if you keep checking, yes. is my heart, you know, getting tight or is it really overflowing? So yes. an overflowing heart is heavenly. And you've got your latest book out. What if this is heaven? Yes, and I know a lot of people say to me, have you looked around you, and it's not, you know, and and the truth is, yes, I have, and I travel to um, third world developing countries all the time, and my mom lives in India, and I face people who are struggling all the time but my the and that is really the point of my book is that we can we all have it within us to change that and to turn it into heaven that's really the point of my book and the way i came up with the title was that um i was thinking about my life over these last years since my near death experience and how much it's changed and i was thinking and in compare in comparison to what it was before and i was thinking that, wow, I'm doing everything that I love to do. I don't feel that fear anymore of pleasing other people or, um, you know, fear of not being good enough, not being lovable, fear of illness. All those fears I used to buy into before, I realized they're all gone. And uh, I spend every day doing what I love to do, and the universe provides me with whatever I needed. Um, It provided me with... Wayne Dyer discovering my story. It provided me with the platform I need to share. And I realized that every day I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I'm traveling the world, which is something that was a dream I had when I was younger. And I realized that, oh my gosh, this is heaven. And I started to think, maybe when I died, I didn't come back. Maybe I am still there in the other realm. And this is what it feels like to live in heaven. And that's why I came up with the title, What If This Is Heaven? What If This Is Heaven? And that's why, and the purpose is to share with people that this can be, and I don't want them to have to go through what I did. I don't want them to have to die mm-hmm. to learn what I learned, which is why I wrote the book, What If This Is Heaven? <laughs> well, I think it is, it, I think it's very timely, Anita, because there is something in many of us uh, that's dying, yes. and I think that there there are these signs, these signals from everywhere, whether it's from the media or our friends or our family, where the old no longer sustains the spirit, and we're being guided to dig deeper and to come out with jewels, to come out with the jewels, you know, to live a life that's rich and abundant uh, with qualities. I, I go back to this very simplistic terminology that you and I are here to live a qualitative life. 
which means pure thoughts, pure feelings, good wishes. So simple. So it's simple. very simple. Yes. Mm. Yes. And yet we make it so complicated. <laughs> yeah. Well, but yes, um, the it's sub- very simple. The subtitle of your book is How Our Cultural Myths Prevent Us from Experiencing Heaven on Earth. And you mentioned it earlier in the conversation. But these cultural myths and these traditional norms, I was just speaking to a student this morning, and we were talking about Indian culture. You know, you we're, we're saying yes with our eyes and smiling, but the man is like, oh, God, please let them not come over the house at 11 o'clock tonight. You know, it's like we don't usually always say everything that we're feeling. Our generation is different. Now we're very open. We're very, you know, accepting with where we are. But there are not only cultural myths, but there are traditional um, pressures that move us away from experiencing heaven on earth. Yes, there are, and um, uh, and and the thing is that I think they they mean well, they mm-hmm. mean well, and they and they try to hold on to the old um, doctrine because they're holding on to the old cultural beliefs because they don't want those beliefs to die. Um, but really, and and some of them really do work. Some of them are true. Like people want to, um, I respect that certain teachings and certain cultures want to hold on to a connection they have to source, and they feel that entering into this information age with too much digital data and too much immersion in the mind loses our connection to the heart, and they're trying to hold on to that. But what I tell people is that sometimes there are a lot of people who are holding on to it reluctantly to please Mm. their families as opposed to really for the purpose of connecting to their heart. And this is why that even in holding on to it, we have to ask ourselves, is this expanding my heart or is it constricting it? That's Mm. what we have to ask ourselves. Mm. So, mm. yes. What so, if we've not been honest with ourselves for a long time that we don't even know if we're expanding or restricting anymore? So, the first place to start, um, I always say, is start with an information fast, and that means, or an information detox, which means that when we don't know, it means that we've been bombarded with um, not just information, but expectations that we think we need to fulfill, other people's expectations, the culture, everything, the um, our surroundings, our society, and we don't know who am I in all of this, what am I supposed to be, what am I supposed to do. The only question you have to ask yourself is, who am I, not mm. what am I supposed to do. The what am I supposed to do or the what is my purpose stems from who am I? That's the first question. And in order to get the answer to that first question, you don't get it from the outside world. You get it from your inner world. So it's um, it means taking a break from the outside world, taking a break from social media, from television, and see if you can either connect with nature or be by yourself and listen to music. Take a little, um, really a true vacation Many people think a vacation is, you know, filling their schedule up with all the sightseeing and touring and meeting people. You come back from a vacation and you feel you need a vacation from a vacation. (laughs) Um, In actuality, what I want to recommend is a vacation from the world, a vacation from life. And set an intention. And the intention could be something like asking yourself the question, who am I? And then allow your higher self, your source, God, whatever you want to call it, allow it to communicate with you. But it can only communicate with you when you limit the input that's coming in from the outside world Mm. so that there's room in your mind and your heart for your inner world to connect with you. Um, So it's internet as opposed to internet. Because Mm -hmm. I always tell people, you know, everybody says, but information is power. Maybe so, but insights are more powerful. Mm, I love that. What if you can't afford to do that? I mean, what does a person do who perhaps just cannot just disconnect from the world and, and really take that time? Because economy plays a huge role. 
Yes and no. I um I'm pretty <laughs> I have to say I'm pretty radical or pretty tough on that stance and I'll tell you why. Um it's uh, so okay, so it's I come from a place of love when I say this, so I I don't want people to misinterpret me. But um, to me, even economy is an excuse. And the reason I say that is because I died. I got cancer and died from not following my heart. And Mm -hmm. so if you put money before your life, that's the wrong priority. I will never make money a priority ever again in my life. I will never make money or people-pleasing or anything. You have to love yourself like your life depends on it because it does. And only when you love yourself, only when you are self-actualized, do you really have value, true value in this world. When you stop trying to be lovable or stop trying to, you know, be at a job to pay the bills and so on, because to be honest, a lot of us are, um, if we really had to break it down, a lot of us are working really hard to meet expectations of other people. In actuality, we can live on much less money, but it's because we have to have a certain status of house, a certain type of Mm. phone, a certain type of car, and then we're running around trying to meet all these expenses, these mortgages and so on. But here's the dichotomy. When you stop doing all that, when you truly stop doing all that, then you become free to create. When you're truly creating from the heart, the universe Mm -hmm. supports you. When I stopped earning money, that's when Wayne Dyer discovered my story and I didn't need to start working again. Because if I had to go and get a job to pay my bills, Mm -hmm. then I would not be able to do what I do today. And there is so much that I do today, which I do completely for free. I don't charge people. I make videos and I put things out there on the Internet and I do events. I do a whole lot of things which I don't charge people. But I wouldn't be able to afford to do that if I had to go to a job to pay my bills. But um, So when you are truly following your heart, that's when you become valuable to the world and to other people. It's when it stops mattering to you what other people think. You become really creative and your creation becomes valuable and the universe supports you. It finds a way to support you. Mm, I believe that. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) It made a whole lot of sense. And I think a lot of individuals are really wanting to reach that place. I think there is a very deep nudge to going on with everyone where there's just this innate sense that um, there's something I'm supposed to be doing, which is written just for me. And yes, and if I can add something to that, Mm. most of us, because of the way we've been brought up, because of the way we've been taught at school uh, by our government, we live in a world uh, where we believe in scarcity. We believe there's not enough to go around. And so we believe that we have to get ahead of the next person. And we believe that if I don't take this job, if I don't stick with this job, something better won't come along. So in other words, everything we're doing, we're doing from a place of fear, a place of Mm -hmm. fear that something better won't come along, a place of fear that I can't follow my heart or I, I won't be able to pay the bills. In actuality, we live in a world of abundance, but it's our fears that prevent us from experiencing that abundance. Mm. And and also um, the way to uh, circumvent or to overcome that is to ask yourself, when I see somebody else doing well, when I see someone else doing well, when they're following their passion and their heart, what do I feel about them? And ask yourself, do I judge them? Do I think that, do I feel jealous? Do I judge them? Do I um, feel that yeah. they that they they don't deserve it? They shouldn't be doing it. And they should go get a real job. Do I feel that about them, or do I feel that oh wow, that's really wonderful, that's amazing. We should all support people who follow their heart 
instead of following those that are um, that are more corporate and are doing it just to make money and just to get people to buy into that paradigm. Because what's interesting is the way we uh, many of us are at the moment. Um, when you have people who are following their heart, who are earning m- money, many people criticize them for earning money. Yet everybody mm-hmm. is fine with paying dollars, lots of dollars, to products that are made in sweatshops and to products that are made unethically. We're all fine investing lots of money in that. But we should be doing it the other way around. We should be happy to pay money to support people who are bringing value to this world. And that's the kind of things we need to ask ourselves, and that's what we need to change. We all deserve to make money from following our heart and from being ethical and from being more conscious instead of Mm -hmm. the other way around. That's so beautifully said, Anita. Um, Any plans to come to D.C. to uh, do a book signing? Um, I'm sure... um, I, it will be part of a tour either later this year or next year. There's, uh, I would love to come to D.C. I've done a couple of events there, maybe in 2014 or 13 or 14 with Wayne Dyer. But, yeah, I'm sure we can put it in the works. <laughs> okay, well, please, we would love to host you at the Meditation Museum. It will be a wonderful audience. That sounds amazing. I would love to. Well, you know, the universe is always supporting you, Anita. <laughs> the universe supports all of us. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, it was Every lovely. One of yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It was so lovely to have you. We've been wanting to have you on the air for quite some while, and I think we have a friend in common, Paul Lefnegger, and oh, uh, yes. he keeps. Yeah, Paul's my buddy. He's at the UN today, by the way, performing uh, for oh, the amazing. International Day of Yoga. Yes. So feel free. Excuse me, if you want to see him live, uh, it's going to be um, upstreamed on YouTube. Um, wow. Uh, I He's think amazing. Website... I, I love Isn't Paul. He? I just, yeah, I just love Paul. I love what, what he spirit. does. And yeah. he is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful spirit, gifted, very gifted person. Yeah. And, yeah, I would I would recommend everybody check him out. He, His music moves me to tears. Love his yeah. music. And it really connects yeah. you with the heart. Yeah. Sure does. It sure does. I'll yeah. tell them that you said that. All right, so leave us with a website where our friends can find you and many, many good wishes. Please don't have any more NDEs. I think you've gotten <laughs> it down pack. I think you know what to do now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I would I would prefer not to go through that good again. Job. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. And um, so, yes, my website is um, anitamorjani.com. That's A-N-I-T-A-M-O-O-R-J-A-N-I.com. And I also have a Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram, the usual. So please feel free to follow me. I do a lot of YouTube videos as well, which are all available for free. I do a newsletter every week where I just give um, content. I share my videos and blogs. So please feel free to join me if anyone wants to know more about the things that I talk about. Um, I do do a lot of live events as well. And something I'm really excited about is that in um, March of next year, I'm actually doing a cruise uh, Mm. together with Joe Dispenza. And so we get seven days... I love Joe as well, and so he is going to process things from the head while I process from the heart. So I help people to feel it in the heart, and he explains it for their head. And so we've got this bridging the mind and heart workshop that we've developed, and um, and we will be conducting it on a cruise in um, a Caribbean cruise, and it'll be integrated with tours and sunrise meditations. And one of the mm. themes that I will be integrating is I've noticed that a lot of people who are attracted to my work, they're very giving. They're very good at giving and giving and giving of themselves. They're terrible at receiving. So mm. a cruise is a beautiful place to receive, to receive from the universe, to receive everything <laughs> from like unlimited food and so on. So mm. anyway, um, those are all the things that I'm working on at the moment. I might take you up on that one. Anita, thank you so much. You're most welcome. It's my pleasure. I would love to see you on the cruise. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Be well. (laughs) Thank you. You too. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. 
So everyone, is your heart tight or is it overflowing? Very simple question. Very simple. To what extent are you really living your your passion, your truth? It's the courage, you know. It's that inner courage that is needed. I was sharing with one of the students this morning that I was at a retreat with some peers and I just told them, I just don't want to be here. And they kind of looked at me like I was going insane and I just said, I just don't want to be here. I don't feel like being here. And within an hour, I just packed up and left. Because I think it's so important to live your passion, your truth, your 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 where you're at game. and But be open and be mindful about people's feelings. And I think it's the way you communicate how you're feeling, not as they're bad and they're not for you, more like I'm looking for something, I'm seeking something for me. Right now, this is not where it can support me today. You know, so that that awareness to be mindful of other people's feelings as you continue to go through your journey. I hope you've enjoyed my beautiful heart-to-heart with Anita Morjani. What a beautiful spirit. What a beautiful spirit. And so check her out at her website and also find out about the work that she's doing and that cruise with her and Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza. I'm really thinking about doing that. I think she got me when she said, some people just don't take. And I had this visual in my consciousness, oh my God, on a ship for seven days, I think I jump off in the seventh day, like in the second day. And I thought to myself, yeah, maybe that's exactly where you need to be, Jen. You need to be on that ship because you can't swim anyway and just keep swimming. I thought that was going to be beautiful. So check her out on her website at anitamorjani.com. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. We are here to love each other the same. And thanks to the Arco Iris Foundation for supporting our radio show today. And also don't forget, Sister Shivani is touring the East Coast from um, today onwards to July 9th with a culmination event at the Peace Village Learning and Retreat Center. And if you'd like some more information about her schedule, she's going to have 14, uh, 13 sessions actually. Just go to bkawakening2017.org and you'll be able to be updated. So take care, everyone. I'm going to end today's show with a song by Paul on being loved. All the best, everyone. For over 31 years, Brahma Kumaris of the United States has been transforming lives. This summer, Brahma Kumaris is honored to host Sister Shivani, June 20th through July 9th, on her first ever North American tour, where she will share her simple wisdom and meditation style in 14 cities. An engineer by profession, Sister Shivani presents a logical yet comfortable way of adopting spirituality. The tour includes Great Neck, New York, Westchester, New York, Edison, New Jersey, Toronto and Brampton, Ontario, Dayton, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan, Chicago, Illinois, Washington, D.C., Boston, Massachusetts, Danbury, Connecticut, Tampa, and Orlando, Florida. With a grand finale at Peace Village, the Brahmakumaris Retreat Center in the breathtaking Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. Looking forward to meeting each one of you who has become a part of the beautiful Awakening family. Don't miss this special event. Tickets are free. Register now at bkawakening2017.org. The Azar Foundation for Children of the World supports organizations by providing funding for programs that enrich the lives of women and children through empowerment, health, and education. We proudly support the work of Arco Iris America, which has served more than 30,000 homeless children through social programs in Bolivia. For more information, visit our website at azar4children.org. That's A-Z-A-R-4children.org to find out more about our endeavors. Remember, the smile and the cry of a child doesn't have any language. Oh, they say that every star has a voice That the waves of love begin from within That every time
Be the love, be the light. 